Here we sit, another glorious day in paradise, the United States of America. And one of the things, Mark, that is shocking to me is how many people have no clue as to how our country is supposed to work. Wow. They have no clue on what our founding fathers and mothers, I mean, we use fathers as a generic term for all those leaders involved, but back in that time, there were women, by the way. Even if you open up your Bible, you'll find that women were actually leaders in the early church, opening up their doors, making, you know, creating yes. an, you, right. you had no place to meet, meet at my house, you know, and uh, it boggles my mind how people don't pick up on this. Remember, anybody who uses religion to hold you down, regardless of your gender, regardless of your race, if they use religion to hold anybody back, they're wrong. Their religion is not of God. It's man-made. There are a couple of simple things with man-made religion, Mark. The man's always in charge. If it's a man-made religion, um, the man's always in charge and everybody else is subservient to him, women and children. He can have as many sexual partners as he wants, but his wife better only have one in her entire life and it's him. Mm. Um, Those are a couple of the different things that always seem to follow. I mean, from Muhammad to Brigham, I was going to say Brigham Young, but uh, Joseph Smith, you know, from Muhammad to Joseph Smith, the same thing. Men are in right. charge. Yeah. Men run the family. Women barefoot, pregnant, and you better not think about another man. You know, yeah. Yeah. and where? But if you read the book, if you actually read the Bible, the Bible is about equality. It's about loving your neighbor. It's about caring for others before yourself. So, if we are truly a nation based on so-called Christian principles, and we're a nation that is a free country, we better start acting like it, Mark. Hmm. yeah and i'm afraid we don't and i think it's because we don't know how our leaders don't know what they're doing they get elected and they get corrupted and and i'm not talking about i am not talking about selling their soul to the devil corruption i'm talking about little things there's a movie that eddie murphy did during a down part of his career he had a couple of movies in the early 90s um that he just, they didn't hit, you know, he was still making movies, but he was kind of had gone past his, uh, his real hot streak. And it was right before he did, uh, the nutty professor and Dr. Doolittle movies. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right before those. And, uh, he, it was okay. Beverly Hills cop three comes to mind has movie. Nobody saw. I liked it. I thought it was uh, a good movie, but it was called the distinguished gentleman. Wait a minute. There was a Beverly Hills cop three. Yeah. Okay. You didn't know that for real. Okay. He goes to, uh, uh, a place like Disneyland where <laughs> the head of security has a racket to print fake money. Um, they have stolen money, uh, print a uh, U American printer paper, you know, they use for printing yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. 
Smith. Funny movie. George Lucas I'm makes an appearance. We, we've talked about it before. I'm just... Anyway, but the bottom line is this, Mark, is that that in between that and there's the movie The Distinguished Gentleman. Yeah. Where Eddie Murphy's a con man. Yeah. It is. Yeah. He's a con man. And this and it's really fun. It's so dated. The actual premise of what he is doing to con mm -hmm. money. He's using these nine hundred numbers that you used to have to call. Um you would call these 900 numbers to talk to women and or whatever. Right, yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. funny now considering how 10 years later the internet had exploded, but actually the internet was already running then because Al Gore made sure of it, but it wasn't being used this way. Anyway, the uh, 900 numbers that he was using in his little group of uh, con people. And he, there's a congressman named Jeff Johnson who had been in office for many, many years. His name was on the ballot. People just voted for Jeff Johnson. Here's it, and he's a white guy. It was actually James Garner who played the, yeah, the part yeah. of uh, Jeff Johnson. And so, um, <clears throat> uh, Eddie Murphy campaign, the man, the name you know, the name you know, the name yeah. you know, the name you know, <laughs> Jeff Johnson, the name you know. And, and Eddie Murphy's character was, went by, it was Thomas. His name was Thomas Johnson. Now I'll call him Thomas, but his middle name was Jeff Jefferson. <laughs> Uh, and after his, his name is Thomas Jefferson Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. And so you just get rid of the Thomas shorten the Jefferson. What do you have? Mm -hmm. Jeff Johnson, the name, yep. you know, <laughs> bought the old campaign stuff from Jeff Johnson's widow. Okay. <laughs> to use. And he gets elected and he gets in there and it's all a scam. I mean, from the beginning to the end, it's a, they're playing the game and Eddie Murphy gets connected okay there's a there's a woman who is his he's got his eyes set on she's a straight arrow her dad's a preacher and a congressman and he is not to be trifled with yeah eddie murphy gets involved with him and finds out wait a minute this is not a con this is actually real deal there are you know this is a real thing hmm. so rather than going to washington dc and becoming corrupted he actually went to dc corrupted and became good yeah <laughs> and what happens is too often because of the way, and, and if you watch the movie that you find out how the corruption works, um, mm. in your first week, you know, you, you find out that you have a budget for your office to pay for everybody. You have a budget for everything. You have a certain amount of money you have to raise to run your next election campaign. And that begins day one, your first day in Congress, because you're only in office for two years, but, and you're, you know, for one of those years, you're going to be campaigning for office again. Yeah. And, um, or more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really. Anyway, it's a great movie that actually explains how the system works and shows you in a comedic way how corrupt our system truly is. Mm. And and I checked it out after the movie came out. I I knew some of it was true. I knew that. I didn't know how much. I mean, when you sit down with a, uh, you know, the paid guys, what are they called? That um, they, they represent different industries. Um, oh, yeah. And they register in D.C. And they can then... <laughs> corrupt politicians with money anyway but they'll like sit down with jet with uh, eddie murphy's character at the dinner table right right yeah. and he goes well uh where do you stand on clean energy and he goes well where do you think i should stand you know well <laughs> if you're if you're in favor of clean energy i got clean coal people to have money over here for you if right. you're against that we got the miners over here you know wow, it's like yeah. coal miners and anyways like take a position i'll get you the money and there you go right. and that whole sham. That's what Washington DC is, is a sham. And we've got to do something, Mark. I'm, I am dead. I'm really, a, I'm really frightened for the way things have gone. Just like years ago when I said the police are becoming militarized. Mm -hmm. I remember it was really a hot topic for a little while. 
online because there was all this, I don't know, between 2005 and on, there was yeah. a lot of military uh, equipment that was yeah. left over. Got to get rid of it. Actually, in the 90s, they had a lot of military equipment left over and started allowing police departments to have it. Um, they shouldn't be a military force. The police, our local police are here to serve and protect us. Right. Yes, they're yeah. to arrest, but they're not to show up like an armed battalion against us. Yeah. If it gets that bad, you call the National Guard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yet many of our police departments now have their own helicopter, their own, you know, SWAT van that's a tank and they've yeah. got their own equipment to do battle. Maybe that's what they need to fight crime these days, but I will <laughs> well, say in they, some cities I can yeah. see. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> like not Chicago. in rural Chicago. Right. I'm, I'm surprised they're not all in, in uh, body armor and driving yeah. armored vehicles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's, it's getting that, that way in a lot of cities today. It is. And, and I think that's a response to the, I, I think it's a response though, to what people have seen mm -hmm. on TV and in movies. We've seen the least becoming more aggressive against certain people. They're being told, look, black people are being told, don't yeah. drive alone. You're being hunted right. by you're white police hunted. officers. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's the bottom line. That's what they're yeah. being told, Mark. Oh, God. Did you see where uh, Ron DeSantis was uh, doing a press conference in Florida? I think it was yesterday this happened. And he was confronted by somebody from the crowd uh, talking about the shooting that happened down there. Um, and it was a racially based, uh, a racially motivated shooting where this guy goes in and shoots uh, three black people. And uh, some guy stands up in the crowd and uh, says, I agree with you on most things, but you're allowing, you're allowing weapons to be on the street and you know, that, that people shouldn't have that. So innocent people are getting killed and, as part of his tirade against him, he said to people like me, you're allowing people, you're allowing people to hunt people like me. Right. That's what he said. Yeah. And DeSantis just like, so you can forget the talking points at this point. And he just laid him out. It just, the guy actually got up and left before he could finish. Correct. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and, and that's, that's the thing This people, people are being told this by their politicians and by their radio stations, their favorite radio right. hosts, their pastors in their churches, they're being told in the black community that the cops, you, you got to be careful because the cops right. are out there to hurt you. Yep. And no, they're and not. A, they're there to protect you. Right. You know, and I remember had a pastor that was people. a retired cop. You know, the, and I told you this story before. Yeah. And actually, he was the first cop on the scene at the 16th Street church bombing. Because he must have done it, Mark. He must have done it. He's a white guy. <laughs> he was a he was a motorcycle cop at the time, and he was the first. He was the closest and got there first before anybody else. And I said, "Wow, they must have been, you know, uh, that must have been a tough situation being a cop in the in that that area in the black area of town." And this has just happened, and and I'm basing that on what's happening today, right? right. At, the, at that time, the the animosity about between the black community and cops. He said, "Actually, no, they were very happy to see me." Wow. They, at that time, at that time, because I represented authority and I was, uh, represented an answer and protection right. and safety. And that's why they, they wanted me there. But how, and how much have things changed since yeah. those days? It's just amazing. It's sad. Just amazing. It is very sad. But there is a mm. cause and effect. I think in, yeah. in a lot of it comes down to, um, when, well, yeah, I am with you. I, I, we're, at, we're at a point of rebellion, but it's the wrong rebellion. You know, people yeah. have been, I think it, uh, you grew and I grew up in that agenda, that, that time of everybody being treated the same. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, judge a person by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And now we have people whose parents and grandparents grew up in that era uh, that have totally misunderstood everything about what it was like. And now they are self segregating, saying, we don't want Whitey over here. Mm-hmm. They're not they're not going along to get along. They're doing everything to separate because they can't trust Whitey. And I'm thinking, you really, you're, you really are judging all of us from a couple of situations that are not even true, that are amped up by a liberal media that is trying to divide and conquer. Their goal is to divide and conquer whether they know that's what they're doing or not. I don't know, but that's what the political, the Marxist Leninists, they all have to divide and conquer, which again goes back to, the, the Trumps of this world, the Donald Trump people of this world that are willing to stand up, that are willing to take the hits, uh, that they're the ones that get, look, man, that he's on the front line. When you look mm-hmm. at it, he is not, he's not the general sitting back at HQ. Right. He is on the front line battle, willing to take the mug shot. Yeah, he is. And that, that you mentioned something about people being divided very early on at the beginning. You mentioned that, and, and now we're back full circle. And this is why people are divided. People are divided because leftist politicians subscribe to the Marxist theories. And in order to conquer a society, you have to divide it against itself. You have to pit people against people, and you play the hero for one of those groups. And that's what's going on right now is we have politicians in Washington, D.C., and at the state level, and at the city level, and at your community, county level, whatever it be, parish or whatever you may be living in, you've got at every level, you have people who are steeped in this philosophy who pit one group against another group and they play the hero for one of those groups. Hmm. And that's how they win because they get people divided and it, it started ramping up. All of this started ramping back up again when Barack Obama was running for president, Mm -hmm. he became the divider in chief. And now today we have people at odds with each other, people rolling up their windows and locking their doors when they drive through certain parts of town that they didn't have to. I do that in my I'm neighborhood sorry. now. Yeah, <laughs> your neighborhood. I'm not kidding. The two guys that got out of prison lately moved back in with their mom and dad. It's like, dude, we locked the door. I'm put, thinking about putting bars on the front windows now. It's like, I'm, well, it's amazing. These guys have both been away for the last two or three years. And all yeah. of a sudden, lawnmowers, generators, and anything else that could be picked up and stolen in the middle of the night. Hmm. we haven't had those those problems yeah but we did and they for the last two three years while they've been gone it's been cool now they're hmm. back i got a feeling i'm gonna i've got an i've got an old mower yeah. it looks great it does yeah. it but it's it doesn't run it will never run it's been gutted pretty much yeah i thought about leaving it out there tonight and over the oh. weekend at night yeah, i've got one of those too you want me to bring it to you but that way you, you no, can have I'm, a string of them <laughs> no mark i'm trying to get rid of this one i don't yeah. you know you can lure your own criminals if you want. But anyway, look, the bottom line always is the bottom line. The reason we started doing this program is about the 2024 election because in the United States of America, what's happening to, to Donald Trump could have happened to you, me. I'm looking at some of the things that he has char- been charged with. And these are things that I said because they put one thing, and this is the consistent thing on the charges against Donald Trump, because they are... They believe, the Democrats believe, the 14th Amendment will come into play if they can call January 6, 2021, an insurrection. If they can call it that and make it that and make it so, the marketing 101, claim your number one. Doesn't matter if it's true, claim your number one Mm. until people believe it. 
And that's what they're doing. They're claiming it, January 6th was an insurrection, an armed insurrection against this country, and Donald Trump was its leader. And that's the claim. And part every part of his Twitter account that he sent when he was charged with these accounts, they said he tweeted that there was a vote, uh, a water main break that caused voting uh, vote counting to stop at the State Farm Arena in Fulton County, Atlanta, Georgia, and he tweeted that out. And they said <laughs> he he knowingly knew he knew it was a lie. Okay, yeah, he right. knew it was a lie when he tweeted. Like, no, he didn't. Yeah. We reported it. You and I talked yeah. about it for the CNN, next few days. CNN reported right. it. Fox, it's like, everybody did. That one of the charges is that he lied because he knew it wasn't true. And if you go back and look at all the charges, all the tweets. He did this and he knew it wasn't true. Right. I'm yeah. like, well, you know what? Then he needs to go ahead and blame Mark and Mac and everybody else <laughs> in media that talked about the water main break. He needs to, Donald Trump needs to go ahead and charge, get all of us because we all said the same thing because that is what was reported by the local media on site wow. at the time. Wow. Who knew that Fulton County was employing psychics in their legal department? And he People knows who could read their yeah. minds, yeah. know exactly what their thoughts were at any given time. But that wow. was the whole thing is he knowingly did yeah. something. He knowingly. And it's like, but if, if he, okay, let's just throw the, let's take this for what it's worth. Each charge. I believe the election was stolen. We've got plenty of other politicians who said the same thing on the yeah. Democrat side. Hillary Clinton comes oh, to mind. Gosh. And in Georgia, um, oh, the Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams. Yeah. They all have said the same things without any proof, by the way exact without any proof at all said that and lied they knew it was a lie i mean they knew hillary clinton knew everything she said was a lie. That's why she used ball peen hammers on her daggone you on know her phones, I, and, yeah, yeah. Her phones. yeah but the, the worst part of this is that that's where these charges against trump come from he knowingly he knew that he was lying yeah and it's like boy oh boy if uh if he only knew you know <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's like they are lying they that's why i tell you that the people that are charging the people in favor of this if they turn their hose on you, you're the ones getting blown away next because yeah. most of us don't have the wherewithal to stand up against this. Yeah. Most of us, we don't have the financial security. We don't have the friendship power around us because pretty soon that wilts away. The, yeah. Who's going to stand next to you? Look, man, if they've got a machine gun and you're standing against the wall, how many of your friends are willing to stand arm shoulder to shoulder with you yeah. to take the hit? They're not going to do it because, hey, man, they're next. Take a moment and see if you can guess what I'm doing. I'm getting healthy by walking. Walking daily has tons of health benefits, managing weight, lowering cholesterol and blood pressure, and improving your overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or over your lunch break, just take a walk. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute, since 1936. Mark and Max Show podcast. It is not our goal to be arrested and charged with a crime. But just so you know, we reported a number of things that Donald Trump is charged with, Mark. I believe we should turn ourselves in. That will not be happening, just FYI. But I believe if we had, you know, because I don't have the stones for it, I ain't going to jail there. Because you know what? Yeah. It, the one person in the whole group of people charged in the Donald Trump indictment in, uh, in Fulton County. The one person who's not rich 
and is not in the in crowd. You know, he, he went along with things and was involved in things, but he's not one of them. And so he didn't have an attorney to go in. He didn't have the money to have an attorney that would go in and represent him. If there was collusion, okay, if there was true collusion, Trump and his minions would make sure that everybody in that indictment was covered. They wouldn't mm -hmm. want a loose wheel. They don't need a squeaky wheel over here who's yeah. actually suffering because of these things. They would want everybody covered, make sure they're taken care of. Mm. Didn't do it. If it was a lie. I mean, if everything yeah. was, we got to defend this lie. We yeah. are in this together. Yeah. But they're not. Because they're doing things based on truth, everybody's, you're responsible for your own actions, okay? Right. Yeah. And that's where that there's that one guy who's still in jail. Mm -hmm. um, he is no more of a threat to society than you are. But right. they've got him locked up because he didn't have the money to have an attorney go in and negotiate things for him like yeah. he, they did everybody else. I think he's out now, but he does have a oh, GoFundMe oh. thing going, trying he to better. raise the money. Yeah, and uh, the uh, and it's funny that I've actually seen that argument made from some DeSantis supporters uh, who were saying that that oh Trump ought to be paying for the legal fees for all these people oh. if he believes in him. That's what they're saying. Yeah, and, if it's a lie, yeah, he would. Yeah, I, yeah I agree. exactly. Yeah, yeah, if it was if a lie, every, but they're yeah. saying no. It's 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 they're all in a, this. These people are all were working for him, defending him. Yeah. He should be taking care of them. No, and it, no, no, not really. That's they not were not defending the truth. Yeah, and, it, they, and, and besides, there's probably legal precedent that says he can't. You know, no. so I don't know. <laughs> I don't, well, I just think that the bottom line always is the bottom line. If it was truly um, collusion or a work of, of a you know a criminal enterprise, then yeah they would group them all together and have one attorney representing all yeah. of them kind of thing. Um, but I think in this particular case, no, they were doing what they thought was right. Right. And if that's what you're doing, then yeah, you've got to defend yourself. You are, mm -hmm. you are hanging by yourself. We didn't coerce you into doing it. We didn't promise you anything for doing it. Yeah. You did this because it was the right thing to do. Now, right. There were, and I read these documents, okay. Word for freaking <laughs> word. Had to record them all. <laughs> you know how long it takes. For, you miss up one word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and I'm a stickler for it too, because when you're, when you're doing something yeah. and you get into a rhythm of doing it and you right. mispronounce a word, or you get stuck in a place, you make a mistake and you have to fix it. You, they'll say, oh, we'll just cut it later on. And you want to cut these words into still plays. Okay. That's right. Mark's, Mark's wearing a shirt that says that. And so you're yeah. reading along. Mark Congleton still plays, man. He's yeah. out there and you mispronounce it. And now I got to go back still plays. Yeah. How do I, you know, yeah. you have to say yeah. it and it doesn't fit. It sounds it like you're, doing a Japanese and, movie. And what's bad is that, is that, uh, very often somebody makes a note to go back and fix something and it doesn't yeah. get fixed. Right. Right. So it so, ends up on the ear wrong. I've yeah. learned lessons over the years while we're uh, recording mm -hmm. stuff where I've got a long thing I'm working on and I bobble mm -hmm. over something and I realize ah, yep. I'm, I'm in this now. I can't come back and right. do it later. And I'll, I'll clap three times. Mm -hmm. And when I'm looking at my edits, I can see those three spikes pop, pop, pop. Right. That's where I screwed up and I go back yeah. and that's what I fix. But, right. but, Man, oh man, <laughs> I hate the I hate that feeling of something that didn't get fixed when you're That's doing it word saying. for word legally. Oh, you yes. have to anyway. Yes. But in doing that, there were many things in the paper, and that's why I told everybody read this because yeah. there was yeah. one politician in out in Arizona because Arizona was another uh, state had an issue with counting, and um and he stood his ground because Rudy Giuliani was on the phone talking to him, and they were trying to get him to do something. And he said, and this guy in Arizona said, look, I agree. I believe in everything you're saying, but I'm not going to, I will do everything within my power legally. I'm not crossing this line. I, I'm not crossing this line for the party. I'm not crossing this line for you. I'm not crossing this line for Trump. 
but I'll, I, I, I think you're right, you know, and that's what this guy, you talk about stones, man. He was saying, I think what you're asking me to do might not be appropriate. And that's when Reed's like, no, that's not what we're asking you to do. And right. it's in this paperwork that you see some of the things people that were asked to do things actually stood up and said, I'm not doing that. Doesn't sound right. Yeah. But <laughs> the translation is I'm not doing that. It cost it could cost me my political yes. career. Exactly. That's, yeah. And that's where, you know, I agree it would have, and they needed to be careful. You know, it's the reality. You, look, we're standing in a day, Mark, where, you know, people lose their entire careers over a joke they made in high school. Yeah. And that Very ain't true. right. We have people. And by the way, Danny Masterson oh, yeah. um, was sentenced to 30 years in prison for rape yesterday. 30 to 50, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, no, they took the 50 off. It's 30. But in, it doesn't matter. He's in there for 30 years. Yeah. Maybe 50. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but it was on two rapes mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Yeah. And they were of women in the church of Scientology yep. who went to their, they went to their church process and were basically shut down. No, he's famous and rich. We need to leave him alone. You need to stop. Yep. And so they did see, I thought these women were like many others in the I two movement who are coming forward and taking, um, a night when they were in high school or college where they had too much to drink and, had sex with somebody and now it's yeah. 20 years later and um, they're married and wish they hadn't done it, you know, because they were right. Yeah. I wish I was a virgin when I married kind of thing, but I wasn't because yeah. um, regret is not rape. And a lot of these me too things are. Yeah. However, I read the stuff on Danny Masterson, just like I did with the Donald Trump stuff. Yeah. And I will tell you, um, it was interesting to me that in the conviction and the sentencing, there was, there were, there were actually a couple of different people as part of that case. Um, the, the two women that he was convicted and sentenced for raping, violently raping, by the way, um, actually were, uh, went on, in by name and actually spoke up. It, the anonymous woman, the woman who would not put her name on this and accuse mm -hmm. him of those things, uh, they found him not guilty in her case. And I thought that was good of the jury because I, I do have a real problem with um, somebody charging you with a crime and you having your name splashed all over the press uh, and somebody being able to be anonymous, You're, we have a right to face our accusers, meaning you accuse somebody, you have to stand behind it. You don't get to walk away scot-free. Mm -hmm. Otherwise people could accuse everybody of everything and they do. So anyway, I know it's a touchy subject, but Danny Masterson, 30 years in prison, uh, for something he did 20 years ago, you knew as well as I do that they tried to do this with Trump on something he said in 2005. Now, yeah. granted, it was only 10 years past at the time this was going on in 2015 mm -hmm. yeah. uh, during the campaign for the White House the first time. Yeah. But here we sit now, Mark, and I'm deeply concerned. I tried it with Kavanaugh. You oh, yeah. The hearings. Yeah. The high school. Yeah. The high school yeah. party. The high yeah. school parties, no. and drinking and all that stuff. Yeah. They tried it with and, Kavanaugh. High school, his high school yearbook, things he wrote in the high school yearbook and such. Yeah. It's this. That's the kind of the yeah. people we're d dealing with here. Yeah. And the. The level George, of Roy Moore, Judge Roy Moore in Alabama. Yeah, the, was actually, that was the yearbook. I yes, and I remember uh, just not too long ago, somebody was uh, I, I responded to somebody on Facebook about mm -hmm. this kind of thing, and I said, "Yes, I've I've seen this happen before, actually, here in our home state." And I we mm -hmm. went through this whole thing, and I said, he's not a buddy. You know, we don't hang out no. and go fishing, but we know the guy, right? He's been on our show a few times. We've spent a little time. We've done an event or two with him. I mean, it's just, we know the guy and we know his character from spending time around with him. And when these accusations came up, we went, Roy Moore? Yeah. 
<laughs> that guy? <laughs> right. But, you know, it really was. Yeah, I was willing to accept that as a young man, he did some stupid things. Mm, no problem yeah. with that. You know, because there are a lot of charismatic men who don't physically have that much appeal to, you know, looking at him going, no, he's not very attractive, but he always has a beautiful woman hanging around him. You know, um, women are, some women are attracted to a man for things other than physical appearance. <laughs> and in judge Roy Moore's case, when he was a young, uh, attorney, uh, prosecutor in, in Gadsden, Alabama, you know, you, you make a lot of enemies in that position mm, yeah. and he did. Um, but I read the, the, the one thing that convinced me that it was, there was way more to this than a me too, you know, kind of a thing was, uh, one, well, there are actually two things in particular, but one was, uh, Jeff Sessions, uh, was, to, uh, uh, not just sessions, uh, Mike uh, Rogers from Sachs, oh, Alabama, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, before, uh, the campaign, when we had gone through the first case and there was a runoff, uh, runoff between judge Roy Moore and, um, and the person who actually won the nomination, Doug Jones, Doug Jones. Thank you. Um, no, no, but, um, who judge Roy Moore, they had a runoff in the Republican party to see who would face Doug Jones. Cause Doug, oh, yeah. Doug Jones became the Senator. But anyway, right. Um, in September before the runoff election to see who of the Republican party would actually face Doug Jones for the Democrats for the set. It was for Jeff Sessions Senate seat and Jeff, uh, Mike Rogers sat in my office and said, Dave, they are going to do everything they can. It doesn't matter who it is. They're going to spend $20 million, yep. $20 million on this, uh, election. doesn't matter who the Republican nominee is 20 million. They spent 28 million in the yeah. state of Alabama in that, that election of Doug Jones for United States Senate as a Democrat. It just, and the thing that was the one thing because he was right and he knew it. But the second one was, um, the picture CNN showed oh, and yeah. you were the one that brought it up to me Yeah, that, um, they had this the yearbook that was signed allegedly by judge Roy Moore with an inscription to this waitress at a barbecue restaurant in Gadsden back, you know, however many years, 25, 30 years ago, whatever it was. And, um, you picked up on, it was a color photo. Yeah. You know, in, uh, in the Gloria Allred, uh, press conference, but on CNN, they grayscaled it. It was black and right. white. Yeah. And you could tell the difference in the color of the ink. It had been doctored. And that was it. Yeah. Mark points that out. And I'm like, because they pop it up there. Here it is. Here's the yeah. signature. And, it's, and it looked, it was, if you pop it up there and it's black and white, you know, it's yeah, like, it, it looks legit. Yeah, yeah. It looks legit. And I'm like, yeah. and I it's remember like seeing o, that kind of like Obama's birth certificate. It looks yes. legit until you open it up in Photoshop. Oh my word. <laughs> open that. Actually the program, uh, <laughs> Adobe is bring it up and yeah. oh, wait a minute. Really? You did. You didn't bother to print it out first. You actually <laughs> uploaded it from the computer. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, but in that case, you pointed out to me that they were the ones that, that CNN changed it from a color photo to black and white because in the color, in the actual color photo, you can tell two different ink pens were used different yeah. colors. Yeah. And that's where you as a human being, as, as an adult, I had to look at that and wait a minute, how far are you really willing to go to push this lie? Look, mm -hmm. man, stay with the truth. It usually is. You know what? To be honest with you in all of our lives, because there's only been one that lives a sinless life on planet earth. The rest of right. us have stuff in our closet. And for a lot of us, it's overfilling. It's Fibber McGee's closet, man. Mm. And yet they go with the lie. You know what my first red flag was on that whole case? What? Gloria Allred. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was. I mean, oh, she's involved. Yeah, shit, he didn't do it, and she couldn't. (laughs) And by the way, Gloria Allred, she actually uh, couldn't practice law in Alabama. Right. So she had. She actually gets the case, signs the woman up, but then tells her, "But I can't be in Alabama court. I can't help you there." Mm -hmm. What? Then why do you want she my can case? stand in front of the cameras and get all the yes. publicity, but she can't actually represent the woman in Alabama. Right. You're right. going to have to have another attorney do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it's just crazy. And, and as soon as it was all settled, as yeah. soon as, as Doug Jones won, Gloria Allred disappeared like a puff of smoke. And I think all but one of the accusers yeah. vanished into the woodwork. Yeah. So and it's just, yeah. Just, there, was, <laughs> there were a couple of really interesting things that went on that people have no clue on. But all I can tell you is that you know, when corruption happens, it's never just one. It's yeah. deep. Um, now, stupid, crimi- uh, stupid criminal, stupid politician of the week. <laughs> it's, we're never going to be able to get past that. I know. We did stupid <laughs> criminals for so long and stupid politicians. It's like, why don't we just call them stupid criminals? I need to get a jingle made that's just the word stupid politicians over and over and over again. <laughs> Drill it into our heads. <laughs> look at all those idiots. Ooh, look at all those boobs. An office full of morons, a factory full of fools. Is it any wonder I'm singing, singing the blues? Well, this week, (laughs) we didn't have to look far for our stupid politician of the week. He did us the favor of going on CNN and posting to X, formerly known as Twitter, (laughs) to let us know what a moron he actually is. And who is it? It's Chris Christie. Here's what he posted to Twitter. Leaders don't play politics during natural disasters, but that exactly that's exactly what Ron DeSantis decided to do. He absolutely should have met with the president. We need leaders who put people above political pressure. And then he went on CNN and had this to say. My job at that moment, when you saw that picture, we had over $35 billion in damage done to our state. Two-thirds of the state was without electricity. We had no operating water treatment or wastewater treatment plants. Every major highway was obstructed. 365,000 homes were destroyed in 24 hours. That's the guy who could help me get it fixed. Should DeSantis have met with? Of course he should have. Look, it, we shouldn't be playing politics with this stuff. And But Governor DeSantis has always played politics with this. He voted against Sandiate in 2012 as a member of the House, and now he wants aid. You know, this is the hypocrisy that everybody sees in politics and why they're looking for someone who will just tell them the truth. I'm trying to tell the people in that camera the truth tonight, which is if I had to do it all over again 11 years later, and I know it was six days before the election, but I was governor of New Jersey, and my job was to make sure my state got rebuilt and my people recovered as quickly as possible, and I couldn't do that without the help of the President of the United States. But he could have done it without hugging him. <laughs> I want to give him a tacit thing. endorsement on camera. Yeah. Do you, but do you know why Ron DeSantis did not san- sign off on Sandy Hook, uh, Sandy Hook, on uh, Hurricane Sandy, Sandy aid. Yeah. aid? It's because the sir, and you can go back and read the bill, all right, that was passed. Um, just to give you an example, Hurricane Sandy, not a hurricane when it made landfall. It did a lot of damage, but it was still not Superstorm Sandy like they call it. But the right. bottom line, Always the bottom line here. The reason DeSantis and others didn't sign off on the uh, Sandy Hurricane Sandy aid is because of the pork that was in it. You, you realize they spent they got two million dollars of Sandy aid that was in that bill that DeSantis did not sign. Two million dollars was given to the Smithsonian in Washington D.C. to put on a new roof. 
Mm. Uh, there's money that went to Alaska. There's money that went to Florida. Okay. Yeah. There was money that went all over the place that had nothing to do with Hurricane Sandy relief it, efforts. Not a clean bill. Yeah. No. And that was the whole point. Not saying it was all pork, but the bottom of this trench was covered with politics. And so for him, the round mound of hoedown to come out with this and continually attack. I get the idea, but you know, Ron DeSantis didn't sign off on the aid bill because it was dirty. Yeah. And I agree with, I remember looking at that thinking just guys, this is the part of politics that I don't like. I don't know any American that does. Hmm. And I mean this, if you agree it, look, we're a free country, believe and think what you want. But in reality, the people I know don't want it like that. You know, hmm. We need, we, how many times do we talk about line item veto power that the president has to have line item veto power? Yeah. And so this doesn't happen. You get, a, you get this aid bill coming through and it sits on the desk and he goes, Oh, nope, this is not aid. This is not aid. This is not aid. This right. is not aid. And all yeah. of a sudden, this $50 billion aid package is now 10 billion, but right. it all goes to that. Right. That's anyway. the way it should happen, but it they won't allow that, it. It hmm. figures that whale that, you know, <laughs> that he would actually. <laughs> Um, come out with that and mention Hurricane Sandy relief bill. I you think know? it's outlaw Jersey whale. I yeah, I know. I, I was know. trying to think of what the, I couldn't remember it. But <laughs> but the thing is, though, he's at the beginning, he's kind of answering for hugging Obama. Yes. Right. Yes. <clears throat> and the thing, he didn't have to do that. He helped Obama win. If you remember what was happening at the time, there's a campaign going on. Romney is beginning to get the emotional support of the nation. It's, it's actually beginning to happen. It's turning the corner. People have watched these debates happen and they've realized that Romney actually seems to know what he's doing. And he's got, he's got this all down and he actually had, I think he had Obama on the defensive. He did. And, and it looked like I I felt like Romney was going to pull ahead and then Sandy hit and the news media just forgot Romney existed. It was all Obama. And then there's a, there's, there's a, the governor of New Jersey, a Republican hugging this, this presidential candidate on camera. And well, now we were, know everything that happened. And there were a couple of things that went into that too, with hurricane Sandy, you know, and, and the after effect of uh, them going to the buffet together. But before <laughs> that, you got to remember there were three debates of which Romney won the first one, but he caught Obama flat footed and yep. Obama is way too good of a presenter. Um, not, I'm not talking about him having a brain to think or anything else, but he is, he's well rehearsed and he's a good presenter. He has a very good voice at this, but yeah. on top of everything he had, think about this. He had Benghazi that happened the second week of third week of September that year, Benghazi, Libya, where they lied about that. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Um, and we had all of the, and, and fast and furious. Yeah. Uh, that was, those were the two things that were going on where. Obama lied about Benghazi and his entire mm-hmm. agenda, his entire administration lied about it, including Hillary Rodham Clinton. This is yep. the 2012 election cycle. Um, so they had him with that in September, two months, not, I think it was eight weeks before the election. Um, so you had the three debates where Romney wins the first one, second one's a tie, third one he loses. But he lost it because Benghazi happened and nobody, it was there for the taking, but nobody could get that out there. Then we had Fast and Furious. Obama went on uh, Telemundo largest Spanish American uh, Spanish language network in the U S and on that network, he was asked, shouldn't you fire um, your attorney general for fast and furious because you had agents dying border patrol agents died because of fast and furious. And you can look this up. I used to have all the audio of this because he said, and this is the week after Benghazi happened. He's on with this the week after Benghazi said, no, Eric Holder is a hero. 
he should be he should win an award for this. Um, Operation Fast and Furious, big success. It, what you're talking about happened in the previous administration, and it, it went bad. And when Eric Holder found out about it, he shut it down. Yeah. And right, sure. th- again, this is a week after Benghazi. And by the way, Eric Holder, November of 2012. Turning my dates right. November <laughs> of that, he actually of uh, 2011. He actually answered for Benghazi. I mean, for Operation Fast and Furious in a Senate committee. Um, a hearing rather. And in the hearing, he said, they said, can you tell us the difference between operation? It was, I hate to say operation wetback is what it was called. That was the and operation fast and furious. And Eric Holder said, they're totally separate operation wetback. The other one happened during the previous administration, Bush and operation fast and furious was Obama. And he laid it all out there while Obama lied. So mm-hmm. you've got these things happening and nobody in the media was willing to run with it because it went against their agenda. That's when I thought we've lost everything. That was that 2012 election because you had those huge things happening and the Republican Party still lost the election. Mm. And that's when I went, wow, we yeah. really have lost our country. And then 2016, yeah. Trump overwhelms the system and wins. 2020, they stole it. So there you have it. Yeah. But go back and look. These are facts. And that's why the media, that's why Mark and I are doing this podcast about the election. You've got to know the lies that have gone on in presidential politics. It's been big. Think about it, Mark. This is the leader of the free world, the president of the United States. And right now we have the Disney Imagineers that are running the presidency with Joe Biden as the head puppet. A ranger station. I'd like to report a bear hug. Okay. I put out my campfire and Smokey Bear hugged me. So you drowned the fire, you stirred it, drowned it again, and felt that it was cold? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's just letting you know you did good. Bear hug from Smokey Bear. Status update. I'm going to let you go now. There are many ways to start a fire, but one sure way to put it out. Learn how you can do your part at SmokeyBear.com. Sponsored by the U.S. Forest Service Ad Council and your state forester. All right, Mark. I used to really like Chris Christie. <laughs> Bless you. But now I feel like I'm at my favorite buffet. The food's old. And Chris Christie got there first. That's what I feel like. I'm that guy. I go up to the buffet thinking I'm going to get really great fresh food. But I get up there and everything's got flies and mice on it. What's left. Mm. And the rest of it's on Chris Christie's plate. And I got nothing. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now. Bless our hearts. Yeah. I mean. He is a, he really is a blowhard. And I have to say again, he was the Republican president of a very liberal state. Governor, how, how do you get elected in a liberal state as a Republican, unless you're a liberal as well? Right. Yeah. So you're a John McCain, Republican, a moderate. All right, yeah. Mark, tell me about the uh, Cochran report very quickly. Well, I, I, I'm going to post the links to everything in our show notes today so you can actually look at things, but I'll give you a a quick overview and I want to play you some audio um, (laughs) of a man lying about all of this stuff. So first up, Marty McCary, he's a doctor, um, posted on X, formerly known as Twitter. He said this, masking did nothing for the 276,000 participants in randomized trials. Um, The uh, Cochrane review is now being criticized simply because some people do not like the results, but that's not how science works. 
the prestigious Cochrane organization is being heavily lobbied by partisans to downplay the results. And sadly, the managing editor, who was not involved in the analysis, is caving to political pressure. Their website now doesn't allow you to share the study on social media. You know how you can click on, so there's usually a button for sharing, or you can, there's a way to click on an article and it allows you to share. Well, yeah. they've disabled that on the, on their, because they don't want their stuff posted on social media anymore, just because of pressure. And because of that, I put the link in our show notes. So if you want to go look at it, it's there. Now, the report basically says, well, among many, many other things, that masks did nothing, do nothing, to prevent, to prevent uh, COVID transmission. And it's, it was a study of 276,000 people in real life situations in the public, not, not in private in people's homes. It was in public. And then Dr. Fauci appears on a network news show and is asked about this, uh, this Cochrane report. There's no doubt that masks work. Different studies give different percentages of advantage of wearing it. But there's no doubt that the weight of the studies, and there have been many studies, indicate the benefit of wearing masks. I'm going to refer to one of them. You've heard about it before. I heard about it from a number of radio callers. Uh, Brett Stevens in The Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks make any difference, he told the journalist Mayanne Damasi, full stop. But wait, hold on. What about the N95 masks as opposed to the lower quality? Surgical or cloth masks makes no difference. None of it, he said. Well, what about the studies that initially persuaded policymakers to impose mask mandates? They were convinced by non-randomized studies, flawed observational studies. How do we get beyond that finding of that particular review. Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual, when you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong. But when you talk about as an individual basis of someone protecting themselves or protecting themselves from spreading it to others, there's no doubt that there are many studies that show that there is an advantage. When you took it the broad population level, like the Cochrane study, the data are less firm with regard to the effect on the overall pandemic. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about an individual's effect on their own safety. That's a bit different than the broad population level. Actually, it's no different at all. Mm -hmm. If you have a brain, you understand that the individual is part of the broader population. And that individual mixed with the broader population, according to this study, is not protected or protecting anyone. So he's lying when he says, oh, but there are other studies that indicate this. No, they're not. There may be published studies, but they're published lies crafted by people for money for the reason of perpetuating fear. Just remember, four out of five doctors recommend you smoke Camel cigarettes because best for the T-zone. We never walked on the moon, Elvis ain't